there, I'm Micah and I'm the host of the She Pursues podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip Christian women as they pursue personal and spiritual growth. I am here to guide you through the process of growth and change while seeking Jesus first and avoiding the me first or self-help culture. You can expect meaningful conversations, interviews, and solo episodes that provide biblical truth and tangible takeaways so you can experience true peace, satisfaction, and joy on your journey to spiritual growth and purposeful living. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast to be notified of new episodes. And if you leave a review, I will be eternally grateful. Reviews help keep the podcast visible, which gets this message out into the world. One of the biggest and hardest lessons I've had to learn over the past four to five years is how impactful my thoughts are when it comes to what I believe about God, what I believe about myself, those around me, how I act every day. Um, Many of you have maybe heard the quote, you are what you think, and it really is very true. If you think that you are an impatient person, then you are going to act like an impatient person. If someone told you from the time you were young that you um, were spoiled, that you were a brat, that you were angry, this or that, then you will likely take that being said over you and let that be your identity. And that is the thought that is in your head, the way that you think about yourself. But when we as believers are adopted into the kingdom of God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are a new creation. We can renew our minds and have the mind of Christ. And so if you are thinking things that are untrue or that are a lie directly from the enemy, uh, that is not how God wants us to be thinking. And it's not how we have to think. We can actually change the way that we think. So what I wanted to do today is go pretty quickly through a process that you can apply to your thoughts if you are wanting to become more aware of them and actually change the way that you think. So the first step is awareness. If you are not aware of what you're thinking, then you're not going to be able to change it. So I have done this with a lot of clients in the past. If they have eating habits that they want to change, I'll ask them to track for a few days what they're eating. And they might say, oh, well, yeah, I get plenty of water or I'm pretty sure I'm getting the right amount of protein and calories and I eat pretty good. What happens is they go and track it and it's actually not as good as they think it was. Um, Sometimes I would say on rare occasions, they're very aware and they have a good idea of what they're eating. But if they've not been aware of it and are just estimating, um, they'll usually estimate not very well. (laughs) And, And I don't say that to put anyone down. I do the same thing. I might say to myself, oh, I feel like I'm getting enough protein. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm eating my vegetables. But when I go plug it into a, a tracker, I write it down in a notebook. I look and I can see that, ooh, I had maybe half the protein I should have had. Or I only had like one or two servings of vegetables today. I thought I was having more. So it's the same thing with really anything in our life, but specifically our thoughts. If we are not aware of them, it's going to be really difficult to replace them. And so what I encourage you to do is just to take a moment to, to find that space, to get quiet, or as you're going through your day, when you start to think a negative thought, I want you to kind of pinpoint it. 
So if you're intentional with being aware of it, you're going to notice them more than what you might be noticing now. You, you might be thinking, I don't really know if I have negative thoughts. You do if you pay attention to it. We all have a thousand, not a thousand, thousands and thousands of thoughts a day. I don't know the exact number, but it's a lot. And so out of all those thoughts, many of them are going to be negative. So if you can start to kind of pinpoint those negative thoughts, then that will help you be aware of them. And you might find that you have thoughts that repeatedly come up and it may be related to something that's really bothering you or that you've believed for a long time. Um, But often we kind of have these go-to thoughts about ourselves or other people that tend to come up often. And so those are the ones that you really want to be aware of, those big ones, because they're a little bit easier to, to change in the beginning um, and you're aware of them. And so you might as well tackle what you can see. So that's the first step is just being aware so that you can actually do something about it. The next step is to watch your response to that. So when I first went through this process, I actually um, wrote down my thoughts. So instead of doing it throughout the day, I took out a piece of notebook paper and I wrote down all of the negative thoughts that I was having in the moment. And I was in a really dark place at that time. So it was honestly kind of easy to come up with a list. Um, but it also, it took me back a little bit, uh, or took me by surprise. And it was honestly a little scary because the thoughts that I was having were, were really dark and really awful. And even though I knew what I had been thinking, to see them on paper in front of me, like staring at me in my face, like making them a reality in, in some way, it, it was like I, um, like it felt like someone had punched me in the stomach. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is what I'm thinking and that this is what's going through my head. And I don't want to think that way anymore. This is awful. And so it really, it made it real for me versus it just being a, a fleeting thought. Um, which really they weren't fleeting thoughts because I was thinking them all the time. So um, it just, it made it real. And I thought, I don't want to think these anymore. I want to do something about it. But sometimes what can happen is we might feel guilty about it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be a believer and a Christian and I can't believe I think this way or Lord, what's wrong with me? There must be something wrong with me. Like the guilt and the shame and the condemnation might sweep in. But all that is, is another negative thought. And so that's something else that you'll have to pinpoint of, okay, here's another negative thought. Let me add that to the list, right? Your response should be one of of conviction of, um, Lord, let me take this to you. I want to think what you think of me. I don't want to think what the enemy's dishing out or or what I think of myself. I want to think what God thinks. And I want to believe in the truth of the word of God. So if you can look at it as, okay, this is what I'm thinking and be ready for war. Like I'm going to war and I'm going to, um, you know, speaking from scripture, second Corinthians two, five, demolish these arguments, um, and take these captive. Um, then you'll be able to, to respond in a more healthy, healthy way. Um, so just be aware that that might come up, that you might even feel worse when you start to become aware. Um, but you get to choose how you respond to that. You can sit and sulk and be like, oh, this is how it's going to be forever. This is how I'm always going to think. It's going to be hard to climb out of this. Or you can say, no, I'm going to take these to the Lord. And, um, and that leads us into our next steps. So that next step is 
that you have a choice. What you, the choice in how you respond, yes, but also a choice in how you deal with it. So I'm going to read to you again, 2 Corinthians 2.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if there is something that is coming against the word of God or what God says about you or that is not an agreement with the spirit of God and scripture, then that is the thought or the argument that you're going to take hold of and you're going to make it obedient to Christ. So essentially what you're doing is you're saying, Lord, I am going to agree with what you say and come into agreement with that, what the truth is. And I'm going to come out of agreement with what the enemy is saying to me. It really is kind of like a, um, like a literal transaction. Like you're taking your item, your thought, your ugly t-shirt that didn't fit you or your race t-shirt that, you know, you get a medium and it fits like an extra small. Um, you're taking it back and you're saying like, I don't want this anymore. Like I want my money back. Give me my money back. I'm going to go deposit that into the kingdom, right? You're returning what's not yours, what you don't like, what's crappy, and you're going to go embrace what God actually has for you. So make the choice to do that. And really it comes down to um, whether or not you're going to obey God's commandment um, to, to do that, um, to actually take captive your thoughts and to make them obedient and and make that happen. Because we can choose to still believe what what the enemy says about us or what someone has told us to believe our whole lives. We can continue to talk about that and, and act that way. Um, or we can come out of it. So the next step, once you choose to do that, um, is to replace it. So just like with a habit, you don't want to just get rid of a thought, um, or a habit. So especially with how many thoughts you have every day, if you, say, oh, I'm not going to think that anymore. Well, you're probably going to think about it more because you're trying to be like not thinking about it. (laughs) You know, like if you, um, uh, you're like, oh, I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat sugar. And all you can think about is sugar. It's kind of like that. Um, but you, so you want to have a, something to replace that, um, that liar, that thought, because you still have to have thoughts all day long, every day, like it's still going to happen. You're going to have thoughts. And so you want to, um, create new thoughts to replace the old thoughts you're getting rid of or, um, find truth, um, from the word of God to replace the lie that you've been believing. I want to take a minute to talk about how to identify a lie. So a lot of times what happens is the lie that we believe or that negative thought might feel or seem true. So for example, you might have that thought of I'm an angry person because you respond in anger all the time to everyone around you. Just because it's true in the moment doesn't mean that that is the the truth, right? God does not say you are an angry person. Now he might convict you and say, uh, yes, you are acting angry, but that's not who you are and it's not who you have to remain. But even if it's true and that's how you're acting, you don't have to stay there. So that's one one point I want to make about the lie. So when you do go and replace this lie with truth, you want to make sure that the truth is coming from the word of God for a lot of reasons. One, you don't want to replace it with another lie that's not actually like found in the truth. Um, you want to you want to have like a biblically sound 
truth of the word of God, right? So one, because if you have something that's like not really truthful and you're trying to just tell yourself over and over that this is true, then your mind is always going to be questioning that like, well, who said that? Is that really true? Like, where is that coming from? But if you have your truth that's directly from scripture, then if you start to get those questions, you can say, yes, it is true because God said, right? And what God says is true. And what God says will last and stand forever. And so then you don't have to question what you are choosing to believe if it's from from the Lord and from his word. The other reason it's really um, helpful and powerful to use scripture as your new thoughts is the scriptures are a weapon, right? So um, I just read 2 Corinthians 2, 5 earlier, but 2 Corinthians 2, 3, and 4 says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So if we are here to demolish the arguments, um, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, then we want to use the weapons that we have that have divine power, and that is the Word of God. So to give you a quick story, when I was really in that dark place and really working on um, getting rid of these these thoughts or coming out of, out of agreement with these lies, I went up for prayer at my church, and the lady that prayed for me gave me a suggestion to start what she called a war chest. And what that was, was a, I mean, I didn't make a chest. You could do a little box if you wanted to. Um, But I basically had like a stack of note cards and, um, you know, writing on notebook paper, flashcards, that kind of thing with different things that I was going to use to go to war. So I found, again, the scripture that would come against the lies that I was believing and the negative things that I was saying. And every morning, um, even during the day or evening when I was struggling with these thoughts, I would pull out my war chest, right, my stack of, of verses and biblical affirmations and truths, and I would read those through. And it was basically my way of saying, nope, I'm going to take these thoughts captive and I'm going to replace them with the word of God directly from my war chest because this is a war, right? I'm This is the enemy who's wanting me to believe these things and I'm going to use scripture, my strongest weapon to come against that. And so that's where, um, yeah, why you want those truths to be from God's word because it's our most powerful weapon. And you can make your own war chest or you can call it something different that is maybe more meaningful to you. Um, but I still have war chest. So anytime I deal with something in my life or have an issue come up, I will usually go to the word of God and I will find um, scripture or I will um, even write down like ways that God has been faithful or things that he's done in my life and have that as a part of my war chest. Like if the enemy is trying to tell me, oh, you couldn't do this or that, or God doesn't care about you in this way or that way, then I have like my own testimonies and my list of things that God's done in my life to be like, actually, no, like God did this in my life and, you know, and then use scripture to, to back that up or whatever. So you can kind of make that your own thing, but wanted to give that suggestion for replacing those lies. And then the last um, step I want to share with you is to persevere. Um, It's not a one time, one day thing. It's something that is ongoing. You know, we are told to hide God's word in our heart. And 
I believe it's for moments like that. When we have that thought that comes in, if we're not familiar with what truth is, not truth in general, but the truth, if we're not, if we don't know the truth of the word of God or of God, then we're not going to have right our weapons ready <laughs> to come against that. So, um, so persevere. It's going to take time to change um, those things that um, that you're thinking or the struggle that you're going through. It's kind of a a process, right? Like we need to be in prayer and meditating on God's word every day. Um, we need to regularly be bringing up the truth of, of the word um, into our, our daily lives. And we need to um, be connecting with the Lord. So uh, Romans 5, 3, and 4 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So if you are going through a struggle and really struggling in this area of, of negative thoughts or um, have these lies circulating, like I want to encourage you to persevere and push through. Like, Don't expect it to be an overnight thing, but also be open to letting God do what he wants to do. Maybe it will be an overnight instant thing, um, but persevere through that. That will you know, produce that character and produce that hope um, that you have uh, or can have in him as he renews your mind and uh, transforms you from day to day. And then also um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So when it comes to something like this, where you're actively, you know, taking a lie, taking a captive, making it obedient to Christ, replacing, these are all things that we can do and and take action on which is fine like there's nothing in the bible that says like we shouldn't act or do things in faith but what can often happen especially with um those of us who are the goal getter and we like to check off tasks and we like to do things we like to take care of things and get things done it's really easy to try and do this kind of thing on our own timeline and in our own strength and so i just want to remind you that you're going to have times where you're weak and where you have a hard time surrendering these thoughts or changing these thoughts, or they're just going to take over you one day and you're going to be like, where did these come from? I thought I dealt with this. Like, it's going to be an ongoing thing and it's okay to be in that place where you don't feel strong enough to handle it or where you just need to like get before the Lord and like pour out your heart to him in your weakest moment, because it's not always what we do. It's, like, yes, we're called to do things, but more importantly, it's like the power of Christ in you that is going to help you do that. And so you don't have to put on this mask or this strong face and be like, oh, yep, I'm going to war. I've got my war chest. I'm I'm facing this. Like you're not always going to feel strong and you may not always feel courageous and you may not feel like it's doing anything. And that's when you go to the Lord with that and um, and trust in him and let him help you through that. So Psalm uh, 16a, I'll leave you with a, a final verse for the day. Um, it says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And that's kind of like backs up or sums up the point I just made. But keep the Lord before you, right? If if you focus on the Lord, then that's where your focus is going to be. That's what's going to be in your view, right? You're not going to look at all of your negative circumstances or um, these hardships and struggles that are 
um, before you. I mean, obviously you're experiencing them. They're not going to go away. Um, but if your main focus is on the Lord, he's always before you, then none of that is going to shake you or harm you. Um, it might feel like it is. And in a worldly sense, it might, but it's kind of like, um, I've heard it referred to as like the eye of the storm. Um, and so it's like, you're in the eye of the storm where everything is calm and peaceful, and then maybe a mess around you. Um, but you will not be shaken if you're with him in that eye, you know? And so, um, hopefully that's encouraging to you just as a reminder to keep him before you and stay in connection with him, with him. And he will help you through that. So those are the steps that I wanted to recommend to you and share with you and, and what I go through when I'm um, dealing with negative thoughts. And um, hopefully they are helpful to you as well. Hope that you are encouraged by it. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at micah.tice, that's M-I-C-A-E-H period T-I-C-E, or on facebook.com backslash she pursues. Stay tuned for more episodes.